0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. You know, one of the reasons we live meaningless, purposeless lives is we're always looking at the individual pixel instead of the larger picture of God. God has one big, grand picture that He is painting, And we're so busy looking at the individual pixel that we miss the purpose of our lives. On today's show, we're going to talk about the grand purpose of our life. And it's all about community on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. How's everyone doing? You doing okay this Friday? Well, this is The Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Pastor Doug Bursch, and I'm excited to announce that the next few weeks on Fridays, we're going to spend some time looking at the power of community and how you fit into this very important aspect of existence. One of the reasons I think the American church is anemic, one of the reasons I think American Christianity has lost its power is we've lost the reason for our existence. We've turned Christianity into an individualistic endeavor. And when you read the Scripture, the Scripture is not about a bunch of individuals pursuing their own individual purposes. The Scripture is always about the community of God. And so in the next few weeks, uh, if you're you're new to this show, uh, we do this. We bring you new content twice a week, one on the radio on Fridays, And then also we have a podcast that's released on wednesdays now on wednesdays i'll be talking about different topics and you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or through soundcloud or you can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information about that but on fridays right here on the radio station we're going to be going through my book the community of god a theology of the church from a reluctant pastor and we're going to be looking at the issue of community and i really believe if you stay with me on this That you're going to find a greater purpose to your life, because your life is not supposed to be about the individual pixel. And uh, I'd love it if you'd even pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can order that on Amazon. There's an audio version if you want. There's a digital version. And uh, follow along as we go through this journey. I'm going to be focusing in on the first three chapters uh, this week. Uh, I mentioned in the beginning of this show the individual pixel, and I want to get into that. Uh, When you were a kid, did your mom ever tell you not to get too close to the TV screen? This tells how old I am, right? You know, Now we have these high-definition screens with this amazing clarity. In fact, when you go on a hike somewhere, you're like, man, this is so clear. It's almost as clear as my high-definition TV. Well, when I was a kid, or when I was a kid, or... Uh, Some of you remember that, that we had uh, TVs with not so much clarity. And our mothers told us, uh, don't get too close to the screen because uh, if you get too close, you'll go blind. Now, of course, that wasn't true because if that was true, we'd all be blind. But the first thing I did when my mom left the room was I got really close to the TV and I tried to see the individual pixels. Because what I realized uh, as a kid is that when you see a picture on the TV screen... It's not one picture, but it's actually at that time, you know, thousands of individual pixels. And now it's what, hundreds of thousands or millions of, I don't know how high definition those TVs are. You go into Costco and sometimes it's ridiculous. But the reality is, it's not just one big picture. It's thousands upon thousands of individual pixels that make up the high definition picture. Now, some of you are saying, this is far too manly of an illustration, Doug, or far too high-tech. So let's give you maybe a more poetic, artistic illustration. Think of your most, you know, favorite painting, the most beautiful painting you've ever seen. Uh, A painting is not just one brushstroke, although I guess there have been paintings in the modern art era that are just one brushstroke, but for the most part, a painting isn't just one brushstroke. It is hundreds and thousands of individual brushstrokes. Those individual brushstrokes make up the one masterpiece that you love. Sadly, in America, we focus in on the individual brushstroke or the individual pixel instead of the full masterpiece that God is creating because the reality is in the light of eternity God is creating one picture God is creating one high definition okay we'll stay with the, uh, the the painting one painting that is going to be seen through all eternity that we are all a part of yes we have an individual role to play but that role is always a part of something far more bigger than just our individual lives And so that's what I want to focus in on today. And to do that, let's just go to the beginning of creation. Let's just go to how the Bible starts with focusing in on a community narrative. It's not just about the individual. Now, have you ever had an evangelist come to your church, or have you ever gone to an evangelistic meeting, and have you heard the evangelist say this? Say something like this. If you were the only person on the face of the earth, Christ would have died for you. Have you ever heard that? I think many of us have heard that before. Now, I, I understand the sentiments of that 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 probably is true, but I would like to say it in a different way. I think this is more true. If you were the only person on the face of the earth, Christ would have created another person. And the reason I know that is because it happened in the beginning. In the creation narrative, we see that each day God created, you know parts of creation, at the end of the day, God said, You know, it is good. This is good. You know, He created the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fish and the animals and Mount Rainier and just everything He created. At the end of the day, He said, Good. And then when uh, God on the sixth day created humans, He finished the day by looking at what He had created and He said, Very good. The first time that God uses the word very good is in light of the creation of Adam. When he creates Adam, he says, very good. And that humans are a different expression than anything else that has been created on the face of the earth. Humans have a unique creative expression, and we know we have a unique creative expression because we are created in the image of God. We have a different creative expression than anything else that has been created on the face of the earth. So the first time you see very good is in the context of humans being created. But what is fascinating in juxtaposition to the very good of the human creation is the first time that you hear the Bible say not good is also in relation to the creation of humans. Now, if you're going to ask someone who's not a Christian, or maybe you could ask a Christian this as well, but if you're going to ask a Christian the first time God said it is not good, you'd probably think the first time God said it was in relationship to Adam and Eve sinning in the garden. But the first time God says, it is not good, is before sin has entered the world. Before sin has entered the world, before Adam has done anything wrong, or before Eve has even been created, we find God saying, it is not good. And what does God say it is not good about? What what is it in reference to? God looks at Adam in his singular perfection... And God says, it is not good for man to be alone. This is before sin has entered the world. This is before anybody has done anything wrong. But that humans, in their own individuality, it is not good for us to be alone. And I think it's important for us not to move on beyond that perspective, not to move on to something else, but to understand that the Bible wants us to know right from the get-go that it is not good for humanity to exist alone. In fact, I would say you cannot be human in isolation. There is no such thing as a healthy human in isolation. It is not good. Even if, see, Adam's not even doing anything wrong. He's just existing. But Adam just existing in isolation, it is not good. Because for Adam to truly experience goodness, he must exist in community. Adam must exist in relationship. And the reason Adam must exist in relationship is because God is a relational God. Our God is one God. We understand that. We have one God. But we also know that our God is one God but three persons. And this is a mystery, right? We, we don't know how to describe the Trinity. When you try to describe the Trinity, it gets difficult, right? But we have one God who is also three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our God is loving relationship. Our God is loving community. Our God is loving intimacy. And for us to truly understand God, and to understand love, and to understand community, and to enter into the loving community that exists between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we needed to exist not as individuals, but as a community. And so God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And from that deep sleep, he created community. It is not good for you to be alone. It is not good for me to be alone as well. We were created to be in community. In fact, we are human in community. We're gonna take a quick break and get into this a little deeper the central role of community and why purpose and meaning comes from abiding in community more to come hey thanks for listening to the show if you'd like to pick up this book that i'm talking about the community of god a theology of the church from a reluctant pastor you can go to amazon and pick it up or you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and find more information i have a phone number where you can text the show or call and leave a message, a listener feedback line if you want. You can text or call. Here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And your donations keep us on the air. So please go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate to keep the show on the air. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Your donations keep us on the air. All right, thank you. All right, so today I'm I'm talking about the power of community, not just living for the individual pixel, but living for the community of God. And I'm referencing the book I wrote, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, and how the story of Genesis talks about the fact that it is not good for humanity to be alone, that Adam in isolation, Adam in his perfect singularity just by himself, God looked at him and said... It is not good for man to be alone. This is before sin entered the world, before anything had gone wrong. It's just not human for humans to be alone. For us to understand community, for us to understand our relational God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our one God who is community, there needed to be community formed in humanity. So God had Adam go into a deep sleep. And from that deep sleep, the scripture says that God took a rib uh, from Adam and formed Eve. But, but if you look at the Hebrew from this, and, and it's okay, I, I'm not, I don't want to fight you, I don't want to fight anyone, but I, I believe that the word here for, for rib is something deeper. In, in the Hebrew, the word is tesla, and that word can be translated rib, but it can also be translated side and in many places, it's translated side or part, like the side of a mountain or the half of something. And I think that context works more in this context, that more than just a rib was taken from Adam, but that a real part of Adam was removed. Yes, his rib, but that literally a, like a half of him, that Adam was separated, that an extreme part of him was removed. So much so was an extreme part of him removed that when Adam woke up from his deep sleep, he looked over at Eve and he said, You are bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. That's more than Adam waking up and saying, Hey, I'm missing a rib. That's Adam saying, I am missing something. I am profoundly missing something. I went to sleep whole and now I've woken up and I'm incomplete, I'm missing a substantial part of myself. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Together we are one, but without you I'm incomplete. See, I believe the creation of Eve is more than just the creation of gender. It's more than just about marriage. It's about the creation of community. That in the creation of Eve, we see how God has set us up to need community, that Adam at some level had the fullness of humanity in him and that he went to sleep and God took a part of that fullness out of him and he separated Adam and put some of that fullness or took a part of that and put it in Eve so that Adam understood that he needed someone else for him to be full or to be whole. To be human, he needed other people. He needed to be in relationship. I, w- I want to read uh, from my book how I describe that. This is uh, page thirty-four. I know some of you have purchased the book, which I appreciate greatly. Again, there's an the audio version as well. I read it. I tried to get uh, you know Morgan Freeman, but you know he was already uh, doing Penguin documentaries. But anyway, uh, you can pick that up. But here's <laughs> page thirty-four uh, to describe what I think happened. At this moment of the creation of Eve and the creation of community. The creation of Eve is more than the creation of gender or sexuality. Rather, the creation represents community itself. God chose for human beings to be expressed in and through community. In the creation of Eve, in the sharing of humanity, Adam and Eve are fully human only as they abide together. In other words, Adam and Eve are fully human, only in community. I believe that when Adam was initially formed from the dust, before the creation of Eve, he expressed all of the characteristics of humanity. He expressed more than just maleness. He expressed everything that is right and pure and lovely about all of humanity. However, it was not good for Adam to stay in a singular perfection and his individualistic solitude. For Adam to know love and to know the beauty of community, he needed Eve. So God took the one who seemed to have it all and separated the one into two people. When Adam awoke, he was seemingly less than he was before the separation. No longer did he hold all the characteristics of humanity within him. Adam woke up seemingly incomplete, seemingly less than a whole person. But Adam had not become less of a human, for in losing his self-sufficient individuality, Adam gained the gift of intimate, loving community. He gained the benefit of understanding or experiencing in part the love that abides within the perfect community of God, the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Seeing this perfect gift of relationship embodied in the physical presence of Eve, Adam immediately understood the importance of the gift, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Together in community, Adam and Eve became one. One of the problems with our existence here on earth is we are making life all about our individual needs and our individual purposes. We even make relationships about fulfilling our individual wants and desires. But God has created us to understand ourselves and to understand Him through community. You know, it's interesting, even before Eve was created, God creates the animals and has Adam named the animals. And some people say, well, this is a sign that the Bible's sexist. You know, how, how dare the Bible say this, that Eve is so low on the chain that the animals are created first and then Eve is created. Well, I, I believe this is such a powerful image of how highly, one, the Bible respects women and how highly the Bible respects community. All the animals are created first to show us that nothing in creation can replace relationship. Or all the animals are named or all the animals are brought before Adam to let him know that nothing in this earth can replace relationship. You can go off into nature and you can hike in the hills and you can see the most beautiful sunset. And I went and saw the national parks in Utah and Arizona this summer with my family and it was just gorgeous, just beautiful we saw some amazing stuff but honestly without relationship it means nothing you can have you know two cute cats and that's fine but without relationship it means nothing and this is not about whether you're married or not it's not about whether you have kids or not but this is about the reality that god has entrusted people to your care there are people you've been called to love That's why the church has so much value. There are people who will come early to your church and they need your love. You are the body of Christ to them. They need you to be whole. They need your kindness to feel whole. It's not good for them to be alone. They need you, they need your smile, they need your kindness they need your goodness, they need your love. And for some of you as well, you need community. There's a part of you that's missing. When you isolate from friends and family and neighbors, that isolation makes you less of a person. It doesn't mean you're less of a person as you're not a good person. It just cuts you off from what it means to be human. To be human is to be in relationship. You don't have to be in a lot of relationships, but we're called to be in some relationships. The evangelist. The evangelist comes and says, if you were the only person on the face of the earth, Christ would have died for you. But I believe this. The evangelist, if if he came to you and said, if you were the only person on the face of the earth, I believe he should say this. Christ would look at you and say, you need somebody. And somebody needs you. So I'm going to create community so that you can know what it's like to experience love, to give love, and to receive love so that you can know the love that the Father has for the Son, and the Son has for the Father, and the Spirit has for the Father, and the Father has for the Spirit, and the Spirit has for the Son, and the Son has for the Spirit. You can know that eternal love that has always existed in our triune God. God has created us for community. Sadly, we're so focused in on the individual pixel that we miss the bigger picture of God. We're so focused on the individual brushstrokes that we miss the bigger, magnificent painting. Life can have tremendous meaning when we begin to, when we begin to realize that we were created for community. Yes, community is going to hurt you. People are going to harm you. Just as we can individually harm ourselves, community can harm us as well. But Christ came to redeem the individual, and he came to redeem community as well. In the next seven or so weeks, I'm going to focus in on community on Fridays on this show. And I want you to join me. I want you to understand that you can have a purpose that is so much more powerful than just focusing in on your life and your individual pixel. You can look at the larger picture the larger painting, the magnificent, wonderful, powerful, amazing, complex portrait that God is painting through the community of God. Father God, I ask that you'd help us to open our hearts, to open our lives to the community that you've created. Help us to receive the gift of community. Help us to give and to receive love in community. us down in the dirt and help us to rise up from the dirt in our sleep and to see the community that you've created and like adam to look at the people around us and to say bone of my bones flesh of my flesh together we are truly one together we are one amen hey thanks for listening to today's show i'd love for you to pick up my book the community of god a theology of the church and pick up that at Amazon. You can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, to keep this show on the air and donate there. You can also call the show to give feedback. Here's the number, 360-818-4513. You can text or call 360-818-4513. Your prayers, your financial support, they make all the difference. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I will see you next time. Another